Go ahead and shake the foundations with your praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, if you're not ashamed to praise the Lord, just, just make a little noise for a few moments here. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. He's worthy, he's worthy. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, I came to worship him. I came to worship him. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Hallelujah. Well, it just feels right to be in church, doesn't it? If you have your Bibles, I'd like to take you to Exodus chapter 1 and verse number 6. Exodus chapter 1 and verse number 6. And I feel a very certain word from the Lord tonight. And I feel strongly that the Lord is going to deal with the church in a specific way. And I'm glad that our hearts are receptive. I can feel the readiness and the anticipation in the atmosphere right now and this is exactly the environment that God would like to speak to us in and I'm thankful for that I uh, I do want to say very very quickly before I get into my text here and I know she's making her way in from the praise team but I'd like to give honor to my mother and wish her a happy birthday. Yesterday was her birthday, and she's 23. And there she is. She made it in, and uh, love her and appreciate her. And, uh, you know, if it hadn't been for my mother, I would definitely not be standing here today, I can tell you that. And I give her honor as... The Bible instructs us to do, and uh, we have we have very close birthdays. We always wind up kind of kind of right right there. And now Talmadge uh, has his birthday in April, and I didn't get a chance to publicly wish him a happy birthday either. But he is six years old now. Isn't that hard to believe? Six years old, and he's a great kid. I was looking at a picture from when we first drove up to Apostolic Tabernacle, and we were pulling that 30-foot trailer and that big diesel Ford F-250, and we pulled up and we snapped a picture of Talmadge as we were walking into the church, and he was so little, and it's amazing how time flies, isn't it? Time just flies by, and I appreciate, I appreciate the blessings of God in my life. 
Exodus 1 and 6. If you have that, say amen. And Joseph died, and all his brethren, and all that generation, and the children of Israel were fruitful, and increased abundantly, and multiplied, and waxed exceeding mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now there arose up a new king over Egypt, which knew not Joseph. And he said unto his people, Behold, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us and so get them up out of the land. Therefore they did set over them taskmasters to afflict them with their burdens. And they built for Pharaoh treasure cities, Pithom and Ramses. But the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they were grieved because of the children of Israel. And the Egyptians made the children of Israel to serve with rigor. And they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar and in brick and in all manner of service in the field. All their service wherein they made them serve was with rigor. I'm preaching from this title tonight. The reason for the affliction. The reason for the affliction. Can we put our Bibles down and lift up our hands and let's ask the Lord to, to minister to us. Could we do that right now, Lord? I'm thankful for this precious group of people that are here tonight, God. I feel your spirit in a strong and tangible way. And I pray that you would help us to contemplate some things that, Lord, may be difficult for us to hear. But I pray that we would take courage and be strengthened by the anointing. We give you praise and glory. And everyone said amen. 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 Thank you for standing and worshiping. You may be seated. I want to take a moment and clarify a few things before I really dive in and preach this message. There are many reasons that affliction comes into a person's life. Sometimes affliction is our own fault. Sometimes our pain is self-inflicted. Sinners are usually afflicted by the consequences of their own sin. It's the law of the harvest. We reap what we sow. If we sow sinful seeds, we'll reap a harvest of pain and death. But if we sow spiritual seeds, we'll reap the blessings of God. We know that the wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life. Notice that the gift of God is not a lack of affliction in this present world, but rather the gift of God is a far more valuable eternal promise. The Bible gives us several two-sided promises. The Old Testament assures us that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. That's the good news. The bad news is that the enemy will design weapons to fight against us. In the New Testament, we're assured that the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. That's the good news. The bad news is that the gates of hell will actively try to prevail against the church. In other words, God 
never promised us a lack of affliction in this present world. But God does promise us that we can overcome every affliction that the enemy throws in our pathway. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Affliction comes in many different forms. It's not always the devil afflicting us. Sometimes it's just the natural difficulties of life. We live in a finite world and our bodies are frail. We only have so many years and we only have so much health allotted to us by God. Not every headache is a spiritual attack and not every bad day is the enemy's fault. But if the devil sees a strategic advantage, he will afflict entire churches, families, and even individuals. Satan chooses his targets carefully and purposefully. And tonight I'm preaching to a specific group of God's people. I am preaching to the saints of the Most High God. People who are called out of Egypt and into a heavenly kingdom. I'm preaching to a people who are suffering affliction in spite of their love for the Lord. Your affliction does not seem fair. And you're asking God, why is this happening to me? And there are no easy answers for subjects like this. But I can tell you that there is always a purpose for your pain. God is always working things together for good for those that love him and have been called according to his purpose. Can I get an amen right there? You may not see it right now. You may not understand it right now. You may not comprehend it right now. But God will turn your pain into something meaningful. God will turn your sorrow into joy. God will work all things together for your good. Satan knows that affliction causes confliction. And confliction causes confusion. And confusion leads to delusion. Our natural response to affliction is to be conflicted. We're not sure if God loves us. We're not sure if we're in God's will. We're not sure if God is for us. We're not sure if we're strong enough to get through it. We're conflicted. And this leads to all kinds of confusion. We start doubting things that we always thought to be true. We start wondering who our friends are and what is right and what is wrong. If we let that process play itself out, it leads to full-blown spiritual delusion. Just look at how Satan afflicted Job. He finally got so desperate that he started questioning the very nature of God. Even his wife came to poor Job and said, Job, why don't you just curse God and die? His friends came to him and doubted his goodness and doubted his righteousness. Things got so bad that Job was literally arguing with God until God looked at him and said, Where were you when I flung the stars into space? Where were you when I... 
When I spoke the earth into existence, you were not there. You do not hold the world in the palm of your hand, Job. And Job humbled himself underneath the mighty hand of God in the middle of his affliction. Ha Yes. And until he humbled himself before the majesty of God... He did not understand what was happening in his life. But King Saul did not respond with humility as Job did. King Saul suffered affliction at the hands of the Philistines from the very beginning of his reign. Over time, he lost sight of the greatness of God. And he allowed affliction and bitterness and frustration to delude his thinking almost to the point of madness. That's exactly what Satan wants to accomplish in your life. He knows that you have anointing. He knows, I'm feeling the Holy Ghost right now. He knows that God has a plan for your life. He knows that God has a purpose for your future. He knows that you are seeking after righteousness. He knows that the favor of God is on your life. So he brings affliction, hoping the abuse will lead to spiritual delusion. For those of you suffering affliction at the hands of the enemy, let me drop a little word in your heart from an old song. Farther along, we'll know all about it. Farther along, we'll understand why. Cheer up, my brother. Live in the sunshine we'll understand it better by and by if you believe that would you clap your hands to the lord and just give him praise right now even in the midst of pain in the midst of sorrow in the midst of affliction go ahead and give god praise in our text the hebrews We're living in a place that God did not intend for them to live in long term. They were in Egypt, but not of Egypt. Egypt was not their home. Just as we are in this world, but not of this world. Their sojourn in Egypt was only meant to be temporary. But Joseph died and a new Pharaoh came to power who did not appreciate God's people. And he did not realize the legacy of Joseph. The Hebrew people were experiencing a population boom. They were fruitful and they were growing stronger each day in their numbers. Not only that, they were physically strong people. This was not an accident. It was by God's design. It was a manifestation of God's favor. And Pharaoh began to take notice of their strength. And he was concerned. He realized that if he didn't start taking drastic measures now, that Egypt would lose its strategic advantage. The Hebrews did not recognize their own power. They could not see their own might. But Pharaoh was watching and he saw a people that could topple his kingdom if they ever mustered up the courage to really fight. He saw a strange nation that worshipped one God and he was afraid of them and he was afraid of their God. The Hebrews did not know it, but they were more powerful than the Egyptians. Pharaoh realized that if he could just weigh them down with worry, 
if he could just weigh them down with trouble, they would never recognize their own strength and their own authority. He knew if he could just create conditions of physical and mental distress, the Hebrews would forget all about the greatness of their God. They would forget all about the promises of God that said, I am preparing a city for you that you did not build, houses that you did not build, vineyards that you did not plant. Affliction would cause them to lose sight of the promises and the plan of God. And that is the reason for the affliction that many of us are facing today. I want you to know that I am sitting here underneath the weight of a burden because I can feel the affliction that the enemy is placing on the lives of individuals in this church. I could talk all night about stories that would blow your mind. People who are coming underneath spiritual and physical and mental affliction. And I want you to know it is not a coincidence and it is not an accident. The reason for the affliction is not because this church or any saints of this church are weak or insignificant. It's not because God does not care. It's not because God has forgotten about us. God has not abandoned us. It's not because you deserve it. It's not because you are without the favor of God. It's because Satan wants you to forget just how powerful you really are in Christ Jesus. He wants you to doubt even if only for a moment, that there is power in the name of Jesus. He wants you to doubt, even if just for a moment, that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and a separated people. Satan wants you to doubt God's plan and question God's promises and submit to defeat without ever putting up a fight. I've got news for the devil. Apostolic Tabernacle is in this thing to win this thing. Apostolic Tabernacle is not beaten down. Apostolic Tabernacle recognizes the greatness of our God. We recognize that he is Jehovah Jireh, the provider. We recognize that he has all authority and all power. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. There's a reason for the affliction. The enemy wants you to think that you're afflicted because you're a nobody. The enemy wants you to think that you're afflicted because you deserve it. The enemy wants you to think that you're afflicted because the darkness of the world is greater than the light of the gospel. The darkness of this world will never be greater than the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The darkness is no match for the light. I said darkness has no authority over the light. The darkness will never outshine the light of God. Because the greater the affliction. Everyone said the affliction. The greater the revival. We are not waiting for revival at Apostolic Tabernacle. Pastor said it this morning. We're not waiting for it. We're not looking for it. We're not hoping for it. We are in revival right now. I said we are in revival right now. We're not having to say, Lord, I send it. The revival is here. But with revival comes affliction. Pharaoh afflicted God's people. And the more he afflicted them, 
the more they multiplied and grew. Did anybody catch that? Because it doesn't work out the way the devil wants it to work out. The more he fought them and the more he beat them. And the more rigor he put in their life. And the more buildings he forced them to build. And the more pain he put on them. The stronger they grew. And the greater they multiplied. And their might was increased. And all of a sudden he looked around. And he realized this affliction is not working. They're still in revival. They're still growing. They're still a threat to my kingdom. Hey, 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 my God, my God, my God, the more he afflicts this church and the more he afflicts you as an individual, the more you need to recognize that God is for you and not against you. The more you have a target on the, your back, the more you need to recognize the enemy is fighting me because I've made a decision. I'm in this thing to win this thing. If you want to be a wishy-washy Christian, you can walk through your life and the devil won't bother you because you're no threat to him if you're just playing patty cake for Jesus. But when you really get serious about living for God, you're going to have a target painted on your back and you ought to wear it with pride and say, I have made my decision. I am going to go all the way to the promises of God. Come on, somebody clap your hands to the Lord. If you've made up your mind, I'm not making my home in Egypt. This is not where God is going to leave me. But he is going to bring me out. He's going to bring me through. He's going to bring me over. Yes, 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 yes. 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 More he afflicted them. More. They multiplied and grew. Let me give you a spiritual principle from Revelations 12 and 12. The great battle that happened, will happen in heaven, prophetically speaking. And there'd been a war, and the angels couldn't prevail against Satan. And finally, Satan was kicked out of heaven. He reigns on earth. And in the middle of this terrible struggle, where it seems for a moment as if that great dragon will prevail, have you ever felt, you don't have to raise your hand, have you ever felt like the enemy was going to prevail? You know the promises of God. You know the word says the gates of hell shall not prevail. But sometimes it feels like it will. Hello. Any human beings in church tonight? Sometimes in our, in our human condition, we feel like we're losing. When in reality, if we could see ourselves the way the enemy sees us, we would know... That we have the advantage. Some of you still aren't getting it. If you recognize that the devil is afraid of you. 
you would pray differently than you pray right now. If you recognize that demons tremble at the very mention of the name of Jesus, you would pray with a little more authority than you pray with right now. You would lay hands on the sick with a different level of faith than you do right now. If you could only see yourself the way the devil sees you. If the, if the Hebrews would have just looked at themselves the way Pharaoh was looking at them. They could have taken Egypt over. But instead, they did what they did so many times, even later on when, when they were standing right on the verge of the promise. How many remember they were, they were standing right there and spies went in and they, they were just observing the land of promise and they saw giants in the land. And, and they said of themselves, they said, we are in our own sight as grasshoppers. It's always a problem with perception in our own eyes. We're looking at ourselves through the eyes of flesh and we're looking at ourselves through the eyes of doubt. And all the while, it's never been about us. It's been about the greatness of our God. Ryan French has no authority. But when I call on the name of Jesus, all of a sudden everything changes. You can't take the land and I can't take the land. But if God be for us... Who can be against us? Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Brother Collins, it's never been about me. It's never been about you. But it's always been about the Spirit of God that is living inside of us. It changes everything. It turns everything upside down. And all of a sudden, we have authority through Christ. In the book of Revelations, in the middle of this epic battle, there's a pause in chapter 12, verse 12, that says, Therefore, rejoice. Look at your neighbor and say, Rejoice. Rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. That doesn't sound like a good reason to rejoice, does it? Have you heard any reason to rejoice yet? I haven't heard any good reasons to rejoice. But it says rejoice, ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you. Imagine if I got up tonight and I preached and my sermon title was, Church, let's rejoice. The devil has come down. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea because the devil is here. Got quiet, didn't it? But he says rejoice. All of this is happening for a reason. He's come down and he's, he's wreaking havoc in the world and he's already wreaked havoc in heaven and he's and he's intensifying his fight and the battle is growing stronger and he has great wrath the bible says he's angry angrier than he's ever been and then it tells us why and this is the part that i want you to catch right at the end of verse 12 it says the reason that he has intensified his wrath is because he knoweth 
that he hath but a short time. Some of you who are suffering some affliction need to get a hold of this this little principle right here. The devil always intensifies the fight when he knows that he's running out of time. And so my message for somebody tonight is hold on to the promises of God. Just when it feels like you can't take another step, take courage. He's running out of time. Just when you feel like you'll never have joy again, take courage. He's running out of time. Just when you feel like the battle is over, fight on because he's running out of time. Just when you feel like giving up, hold on because he's running out of time. Out of your affliction, great revival will be birthed. Stand with me. I want to tell you that again with you standing. Out of your affliction, great revival will be birthed. I'm saying that prophetically in the Holy Ghost right now. That's not a pre-planned line that I, that I just put together out of nowhere. The Lord spoke to me specifically for some of you to tell you that your affliction is not without reason. God is turning things around for your good. There's a purpose for your pain. Bishop... I sit here and I thank the Lord that you're worshiping with us tonight. And I don't know the reason. We have our bishop here. And if you only, I mean, broke his neck, everything you can imagine, we can't even talk about it tonight. But I'm going to tell you, there's a reason for that affliction. The devil knows. The devil knows. The devil knows that God's not done. The devil knows that there is anointing there. The devil knows there is authority there. The devil knows there is a purpose. The devil sees that something is happening in the spirit realm. And so he comes in like a flood. But the spirit of the Lord raises up a standard against the enemy. God is not through with you, Bishop. God has a purpose. Out of affliction, great revival will come. I want some of you to understand there's a reason for what you're going through. Because God is using you for something beyond just what we're experiencing right now. Can we lift up our hands all over the building? Lord, my heart is burdened for those that are hurting right now. God, I wish that we could remove every attack of the enemy, but Lord, I know that the attack makes us stronger. If it had not been for the affliction, Lord, the Hebrews might never would have left Egypt and gone to their rightful place. In the promised land. Affliction has a way. 
of getting our attention. Affliction has a way of causing us to be discontent where we are. See, God knew that if affliction had never come to the Israelites, they might never would have been Israelites. They might would have just become Egyptians and incorporated themselves into a culture that God did not mean for them to incorporate themselves into. Affliction has a way of pushing us towards the promises of God if we'll listen to His voice and trust His plan and follow His heart. When Moses came, they were listening because they were afflicted.